0: Filmmaker John Carpenter had a budget of $300,000 to make his little movie called Halloween in 1978. The original title for this film was supposed to be called The Babysitter Murders. That was scratched. And so was the script in terms of locations and time period. The original script Had a bunch of different settings and different days. But they had to make it simple. So they scratched the babysitter murders. It went with just one night. Yes, Halloween night. It'll be a lot of fun. Talking about a movie that had scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. And still entertains me to this day. It is definitely in my top three all-time favorite horror films. Mr. John Carpenter did it in 1978. A magnificent film. A great one to put in this time of year. Thank you for listening to The Actors Room. My name is Jeff Tarowski. I hope you enjoy the show. So, sit back. Relax. Grab that beverage of choice. For me tonight, it's going to be whiskey. Oh, whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you enjoy the show. As you know, there are many horror films out there today. It's just a popular genre. But back in the 1970s, it really wasn't. And filmmaker John Carpenter took a bit of a leap making this film. Now, mind you, it wasn't a big film at the time. Sort of an independent film because of the low budget. So John and his crew and the producers had to sort of really work hard. To get this film noticed by the public. And like I stated, a $300,000 budget ended up netting a profit of what was it? I gotta make sure this number's right because it's unbelievable how much money this film made. Let's see $47 million. Oh my God. It took off. And you know why? Because it's a psychological thriller. Done. In the right way. Folks. I got to tell you. This movie still gives me chills. And we're going to talk about. The movie itself. Uh, Most of the scenes. In the film that grabbed my attention. I'm going to mention. In this podcast. I hope you can follow along. Enjoy. I'm going to put in little tidbits of information about the film uh, that I found really fascinating and I hope that you do too. So, here we go talking about Halloween 1978. One of the big reasons why this film was so successful for me viewing it is the directing choices that Mr. Carpenter made. For example, in the very beginning of the film... You get the first person viewpoint. It feels like we're going through this journey. With little Mike Myers. And we're following his sister out. Looking in the window. And this is a choice by a director. That knows what the hell he's doing. Because we're we're involved right away. Because it, it was so different back then. That directing style. And this sort of kicked off. That sort of directing style that we are going along with little Mike Myers or whoever the character is through their eyes and boom, we're there. We're involved. So a director recognizing that, seeing it, and then putting it in his film is not only brave, um, but very smart. And we're involved immediately. A very important part in this process is when little Mike Myers picks up the mask and he puts it on. Um, And we're still in the first person view. This to me symbolizes the whole mask importance that Mike Myers, even back when he was a kid, liked to put on the mask. Uh, The mask of evil uh, covering up all of his vulnerabilities, uh, whatever it is inside of him that's uh, the soft spots. Uh, The mask sort of represents to me uh, that something that he puts on to do his dirty deeds. Uh, I put seeing Michael Myers as a kid is kind of cool. Because we see him, Michael Myers that is, as the shape or the body or just the creepy man With the creepy mask. Seeing him as a little boy. Is sort of surreal. And we do get to see that. In the very first original Halloween film. I have a very interesting note here. Uh, My note is. Did the young couple. Which is Judith. uh, Michael Myers sister. And her boyfriend. uh, When they go upstairs. Did they have sex? Because I swear to God. 10 seconds later. Uh, The guy comes marching down the stairs. So I don't think they had sex. And if they did, that was a quickie. Uh, a quickie for sure. So as soon as the boyfriend leaves, gone. Michael Myers sees his chance. Goes up the stairs. And we're still in first person view, by the way. Brilliant job, Mr. Carpenter. And he's got the knife and stabs his sister. Um. The visual of that I felt was a little off. I, I think that eh, it could have been done a little better. I, there aren't many things in this film that I'm going to put a negative spin on but if there was one thing in this film, it was only that part where the first person view of little Michael Myers killing his sister Judith just looks a little off. that's all but it I'm sure it was hard to do. And I think by the way, this movie only took 20 days to shoot so they didn't have that much time to you know make things perfect 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 there's no way in hell stanley kubrick could have made this film in 20 30 days just not gonna happen uh it took stanley sometimes 20 30 days to shoot one scene so mr john carpenter with the small budget did the best he could So, you know, little Michael's got some issues uh, killing his sister. Uh, He's in a daze now as he comes down the stairs. He goes outside. His parents come home and they see him standing there pretty much comatose with a knife, a bloody knife. And of course, he's sent away. He's crazy. He's insane. He's evil, maybe. And Dr. Loomis is presented next. the, The other main character in this story. And just to note, Loomis, the name Loomis, was also used in the film Psycho by Alfred Hitchcock. Dr. Loomis and Loomis was also used in Psycho. So a connection between these two films because John Carpenter was a big fan of Alfred Hitchcock. And might as well mention this now. Janet Lee starred in Psycho. And then her daughter, Jamie Lee Curtis, will star in Halloween. And John Carpenter felt this to be a tribute to not only Alfred Hitchcock, but to the Curtis family. All right, got to talk about Dr. Loomis here. Pretty important character in this story. He knows something is severely wrong with Michael Myers. Dr. Loomis takes on the case and pretty much tells the other doctors that you got to keep a close eye On this kid. The doctors sort of calm Dr. Loomis down. Everything's under control. He's well medicated. Uh, We have a watchful eye on him. There's nothing to worry about. Dr. Loomis disagrees. He tells the other doctors. That there is something. Behind those eyes. And mind you. Myers is taken on. The part of a comatose person. He doesn't speak. All he does is. Is look out the window. With dead eyes. But Dr. Loomis knows. There's evil behind those eyes. And Dr. Loomis states. That he's sitting there. Waiting. And the other doctors ask him. What is he waiting for? And Loomis says. I don't know. (laughs) He doesn't know. uh, Michael Myers knows. Oh yeah he does. He's biding his time. The doctor knows it. Loomis and he forewarns the doctors if they don't listen to him they're gonna have a problem he doesn't know when but it will happen eventually this kid whether it's five years from now 10 years from now or 15 years from now he will escape so the other doctors tell Loomis to settle down he didn't convince the other doctors of the severity of Of this situation. So Dr. Loomis leaves this meeting. Frustrated. And walks into little Michael Myers' room. Now mind you. This is still in 1979. It may only be maybe a year or two. After Michael Myers committed these murders. And Dr. Loomis walks into Michael's room. And I love this scene. And he sees little psycho Michael sitting in his little chair. Looking at either the window or the wall. And Dr. Loomis says to Michael. You might have fooled the other doctors. But you have not fooled me. Dr. Loomis. What a character. So of course. Dr. Loomis is right. Michael escapes. The murder happened in 1963. And 15 years later. Michael Myers is ready. It took him 15 years. To go from a normal human boy. We think. To a superhuman man. And you know why I say that. This guy can't die. So whatever he did. In those 15 years. Of staring out the window. Or a door. Or a wall. Not talking. Only breathing. Sleeping eating and shitting he's found a way in his brain to make himself like this other worldly being i wonder what he did and i guess we all have this capability Myers found out how to be sort of unbeatable right nothing could beat this guy and That's the supernatural part of the story for John Carpenter. This is not a man anymore. Now, did Dr. Loomis know that? Did he? Maybe he had a hunch that he was psychotic, of course, and very dangerous. If he ever got out, he was going to kill again. There was no doubt about it in his mind, Dr. Loomis. He knew that. He escapes. There's going to be a lot of blood in the streets, in houses, On the floor. Everywhere. And he's going to build up a body count. But that's not the case. In the first film. Michael Myers. Has his eyes. Those evil eyes set. On only one person for sure. The other people that die. Are only in his way. Or maybe he's just practicing. To get to his other sister. Named Lori. And this is when we are introduced to Jamie Lee Curtis. She wasn't a big star at this time. She was a teenager doing television work. And although she had famous parents, doesn't mean you can act. Now, you will definitely get chances better than the other person to get auditions. Oh, that's a fact. That's nepotism to the highest degree. And you know what? That's just the way life is. It's who you know. For sure. And timing as well. Being in the right place at the right time. And for Curtis. She was in the right place at the right time. For this film. She was nervous about it. She was a novice. And she was going to carry a film. As a teenager. After the first day of shooting. She was scared she was going to be fired. She went home, cried, and received a phone call that night. Guess who was on the other line? John Carpenter. She gulped, got nervous, and was definitely thinking John was going to fire her, no doubt. John called for only one reason, and that was to thank Jamie Lee Curtis for her hard work on the first day of shooting. And he felt that she did a very nice job that day. She was reassured and continued to make this film. And doing my research, I found that everybody on set, the actors, director, of course, all the crew members were like a family. They never thought it was going to be a big success. And, but they did the best they could. They worked hard. And being a family, they sort of goofed around, yes, but they treated it. Very seriously, and everybody was treated with respect. Plus, they had fun. There's nothing wrong with that. I think that some of the best situations, no matter what it is, if you trust the people around you, respect them, and have fun while you're working hard, you're going to give a great product. And that's what happened with Halloween. One of the greatest horror films ever made in 1978. Great scene is when Jamie Lee's character, Lori is sitting in class. The teacher teaching. And she's sitting at her desk. She looks outside and she sees Myers in the distance behind the car that he stole in Escaping the Asylum. But it's from a distance. So all she sees is this little white face. With the eyes. The first time you see that freaking mask. Let's talk about that mask right now. Folks. My parents took me to the drive-in. In in the early 80s. I was a little kid. And we went and saw Halloween 2. Okay. And... I was so scared that I went from the back seat <laughs> to on the ground in the car. You know where you put your feet. I was curled up into a little bitty ball, little Jeff, for the whole movie. The first time I saw that mask, I was so scared. And I, I didn't cry during the whole movie. But my little head was tucked under the, I think, my mom's seat. <laughs> and I didn't sleep very well for the next few years. Um, I would close my eyes at night. And I would see that mask. And I'd be like, Whoosh. I'd, You know, my eyes would open right away. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then I'd close my eyes to go back to sleep. And I'd see that mask again. It plagued me. This is no joke. No joke. And I would come out. uh, While my parents were watching TV. I mean my my poor mom and dad. Although I don't feel that sorry for them. They're the ones that took me to the (laughs) drive-in. Okay. They scarred me. I was easily scared. Like most kids. Right. And so I would bother them. At night. While they're trying to unwind. You know putting the day behind them. Watching, you know, their favorite shows. Uh, They love the moonlighting. Who knows? You know, they're watching a show. I come out, you know, being annoying. I can't sleep. (laughs) I keep seeing that mask. There's something about that mask. Am I right? It's simple. There were two choices for the crew department in picking this mask. The first one was some sort of clown mask. And the second one was a James Kirk mask from Star Trek. Yeah, that's right, folks. That's right. And uh, who was that? Oh, that was William Shatner. A likeness mask of William Shatner was in some Halloween store. Bought for about a dollar. (laughs) They took this mask. They took off the eyebrows. They took off the sideburns. uh, They made the hair a different color. Uh, They bleached it white, made the eyes a little bigger. And that was the mask that everyone picked. They went, that's creepy. And they're right. It is. I never knew. I swear to God. I didn't know until a few days ago. That the Michael Myers mask is a likeness of William Shatner. And now that I know that. I look at that mask and I go, by God, yeah, I see it. That's fucking Shatner. Holy shit. <laughs> I've been, I was scared to death of William Shatner's uh, sort of distorted likeness because they had to, you know, bleach the mask and take off hair, probably, you know, and just sort of mess with it. But still, did you know that? I didn't know that. God, God. But, you know, as scared as I was of Michael Myers back then, and I was, folks, I was very scared. And there are only a handful of movies that I can't watch today. But back then, when I was a kid, I stayed as far away from the Halloween movies as I could. Believe me, I did. William Shatner, unbelievable. (laughs) And I like Shatner by the way. I heard he went up in space. Is that true? He's got to be 90 years old. How the hell? <laughs> he looks great for his age. He like he aged well. Some people have that beautiful thing about them where they just age wonderfully. It's just it's genetics. It's God smiling on you. And William Shatner God bless you. I mean really. I guess he wasn't happy. That his likeness was used for the mask after this got popular. And he found out they used his mask. He wasn't happy about it. I'd be like, awesome. (laughs) I guess the fact that he's scaring the shit out of millions of kids, including me, back in the 80s. Maybe that made him uncomfortable. I guess I get it. Sorry for that rant, folks. But it was all pertinent to the episode. It's a Halloween episode. It's that time of year. The weather's... Freaking gorgeous here in Ohio It's the best This is the best time of year for me uh, Although it affects my allergies a lot It really does Big time the, the weather when it gets colder just messes me all up But the leaves are changing you know All the different colors The yellows, oranges, browns even um, It's just beautiful uh, During the day It's about 50-60 degrees Misty Uh, And at night, it gets cold. Which is fine by me. The cold nights, I sleep better. Uh, The bad part is, I don't want to wake up in the morning. I don't. Uh, But this is the best. Because every night, I watch two horror movies. I'm cramming them in, folks. Cramming them in. This was the first one I watched this season. Halloween. I watched it twice. I did. Uh, It's so well done. And we're going to continue talking about this film. Once again, thank you so much For listening to the Actors Room, I took a break I do this from time to time On my show I need a break, I do And sometimes the breaks Are a little longer than the other breaks That I've taken, this one was a long one Uh, It's been a few Things, Uh, motivation uh, A crossroad In my show And I messed up there saying crossroads I'm not going to cut it out and just, I don't know. I just, the, 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 the shows that I want to do, I actually record them and they don't go well. I wanted to give tribute to Norm McDonald, who passed away recently. And I probably recorded about five shows, about five hours of recording. And I flushed and discarded all of them. I thought, I cannot put out something I feel Isn't worthy of honoring Mr. Norm Macdonald. I will miss him dearly. I was a big New York guy. Lived in New York for a while. I hung around uh, the NBC studios uh, a lot. And so the the reason why I struggle to do this show sometimes. Is because I'm very hard on myself now with the show. I want to do a good show. I want to do a great show. Uh, You're taking time, and I don't want to seem like it's being done half-assed. So hang in there with me. Um, We're going to continue on with this great film, Halloween, and more interesting things about the movie itself and tidbits. More juicy tidbits. (laughs) Or just interesting tidbits about things that go on behind the scenes, what it took to make the movie, and anything else to sort of grab my attention. So here we go. Okay. Th- an important part. In this plot line. In the story. And in the film. Is we get to discover how. Michael Myers. Had that. Uh, what you call like a, a work outfit. His outfit. The one piece mechanical outfit. Right. And. You get to see that he sort of either came upon this worker in his work truck, killed him, and took his clothes. And at the end of this scene, you see matches near the body. And the matches say, Rabbit in Red Lounge. And I put a question mark, and I wanted to find out what the hell this was. And what I found out, is this Rabbit in Red Lounge is an exotic dance club and it is rumored that deborah myers danced there and that is michael myers's mother is this true all you halloween people out there that know all the backstories and all that stuff um i find that hard to believe is that true deborah myers the mom of michael myers was a stripper right before she was killed by her son Maybe there's a reason why Michael Myers was a little nutty. <laughs> His family might have been a little off. If that's true, I'm not sure. Please let me know in the comments section if that's true or not. A little backstory about Michael Myers. Is that true? I don't know. Gotta ask John Carpenter about that. The next following scenes, we have the classic stalker scenes. Where Michael Myers is either in the car following Lori around and her friends. Or being around bushes. Uh, You see his shoulder and you see his face. Not his face, Jeff. The scary mask. Get it right. At one point, Lori's getting freaked out. She goes to her house. Gets into her room. Looks outside. And sees him among laundry. Outside. You know, the laundry... That they used to have outside to dry. Well Michael Myers is standing out there. And she sees him again. By God. She looks back. He's gone. How does he do that by the way? He's superhuman Jeff. He's there one second. Gone the next. I love horror movies like that. (laughs) The magically disappearing act. Uh, One of the scenes has Laurie. Which is Jamie Lee Curtis. And her friend in the car. Smoking pot. And this is sort of a common theme in either teenage movies, horror movies, and the like. Teenagers smoking weed. Like, teenagers are the only people on the planet of Hollywood that smoke weed. (laughs) Am I right? Come on. I'm right. I'm right. When I was growing up watching movies, I only thought teenagers smoked weed. (laughs) Uh... And you know something, they might be right. No, they're not right. Uh, I smoked weed when I was a teenager. I really don't anymore. I think it's just a phase a lot of people go through. And there you go. Here's an interesting note about the movie. And I get it. It was supposed to be originally called The Babysitter Murders. That was the original title of this. They had to change a few things and make it more simple and decided on just Halloween. Got it. All of the parents in this movie are busy on Halloween night. They all need sitters. Where are they? Okay. (laughs) But this day and age, parents are hand in hand with their kids walking around the streets on Halloween night. We can't let the kids out of our sights. Back in the 70s, parents weren't even in the state. (laughs) They were like... Gone, they were in another city <laughs> They weren't even near the house They needed babysitters Nowadays, uh, we can't get 10 feet Between us and our kids <laughs> And that's interesting though Because uh, those of you who are my age, older Probably, uh, I have an older audience, I do Um we didn't have our parents with us when we went trick-or-treating. I don't remember it. I don't. Maybe when I was five. Maybe. Uh, we never had our parents around. We took off. We we ran from house to house so we can get as much candy as possible in those two quick hours that go by like five minutes. Um, kids today, uh, we can't let them out of our sight. What? is that it's the fear this fear thing and i kind of remember hearing little bits about f- uh, poisoning the candy remember that you had to check your candy when you got home uh you know because of the one psycho person that would poison the candy and never happened but th- there was always that fear and although it's halloween and we should be afraid <laughs> We do allow our kids to get dressed up in the nighttime and get candy from strangers. They always told us never take candy from strangers. But yet, we let our kids go out and get tons of candy from strangers. And we eat it too, the parents. (laughs) Of course we do. I want my kids to go out. Well, Lexi. My, my 13 year old I want her to go out and get as much candy as possible Because I want some candy too We see a television set on In the film And there is a program or film called The Thing On TV Now The Thing From Another World it's called Was done in 1951 John Carpenter was a big fan Of this show and we'll end up making The Thing a few years later with Kurt Russell. Great movie. I love that movie. I've watched it 50 times. That one creeps me out too. John Carpenter was good. For a brief moment in the film, we follow around Lori's friend, and her name is Annie. She gets trapped in the laundry room and it's sort of an intense scene. Michael is outside somewhere. But I want to note this Annie, the actress, is utterly and totally horrible. Horrible actress. And she got the role because she knew somebody in the crew. That is a fact. Next up, we have what is this? Sex scene I put? <laughs> There's a sex scene. What is interesting about this sex scene? I got to see what's going on here. It's covered up by my staple. I put... What did I put? Token sex scene. Oh, okay. You got to have a sex scene in a horror movie, right? They put it in there. It's a sex scene. It's uh, They're rolling around in the bed. <laughs> we don't see much, but you know what's going on underneath there. So you know these two are going to die pretty soon. That's just... Horror lore. And the boyfriend gets it first. He goes out to get a few beers. Maybe something to eat. He goes in the fridge. And is faced with Michael Myers. Who kills him immediately. And this one is the best. Michael knifes the boyfriend. Sticks it. To the door. like It goes through the guy. Into the door. And he's his feet are dangling. He's up in the air. He's not. On the ground anymore. And I love how Michael Myers. Looks at the guy. Admires his work. And this was a direction by John Carpenter. Given to the actor behind the mask. Is he he wanted him to do something. In the scene. Where he's admiring what he did. And you see it. He tilts his head. Creepy but very cool. I have to tell you, my favorite part in the movie. It's just little things like that. That moment. That's a moment. It's a crystal clear, wonderful, just juicy moment in the film. It's just perfect. I don't know why, but I've talked about this for about a minute. I didn't think I would. I just did. And I'm going to reiterate How important that scene is. Uh, Not the scene. But that moment. I'm all about moments. If you know my show. I'm a moment guy. And when. It could be a second. Uh, A great example is. I was never a big fan. Of one of my brother's favorite actors. Christian Bale. Okay. I just. I wasn't. In the beginning of his career. Now. Bale has been acting for quite some time as a child, but I didn't know that. So the, the stuff that I knew of Christian Bale was when he got older, American Psycho and things like that. Well, Christian Bale did a film called The Fighter with Mark Wahlberg. And at the end of the film, Christian Bale gave a moment in the film that secured it for me that he's a wonderful actor and it only took that one moment and it'll do it for me. And it could be that moment in Halloween sort of secured its importance in my ranking of films, not just horror films, but films in general. And it was just that direction by John Carpenter, um, Whether it was in the script or not. It was something that he saw. His vision. And that makes for great artists. And that's what this show is all about. Thank you so much for listening to me ramble about moments. So after Michael admires his kill of the boyfriend. He's got to take care of because his work isn't done yet. He's halfway done in this house. He's got to kill the girlfriend next, right? Right. And he does slowly, of course, he takes his time, he knows what he's doing. He uh, dresses up like a ghost. Uh, Michael Myers is getting cute now in the movie. I love it. And uh, as he you know, he puts on the sheets, looks like a ghost, I, I find that you got a, a humorous side of Michael Myers. It's just not all business. He has fun. Well, he does his work. <laughs> you got to make it fun, right? Come on! If you're not having fun, what are you doing? The, the best part about the ghost thing is that Myers actually puts the boyfriend he just killed his glasses on over the sheets. So it, it's the sheets and the glasses. <laughs> what a guy. What a guy. And, of course, kills the girlfriend. And, uh... As the girlfriend dies She's on the phone with Jamie Lee Curtis So uh, Lori Curtis Here struggling on the other end So she's suspicious It could be a joke It's Halloween Her friends play jokes on her uh, But she's got a bad feeling She She's babysitting of course And leaves the two kids alone <laughs> It's a bad move uh, You don't leave the kids That's why you're babysitting you're not only sitting the kids. You're sitting the house. You don't leave the house. So Curtis goes out. And enters the house across the street. Where she knows her friends are. To see what the hell's going on. So you got Mike versus Curtis. Myers versus Curtis. The showdown. She's walking around a dark house all by herself. Fuck that. Uh, Runs into Michael uh, He scares the shit out of her And she falls down the stairs Well actually she doesn't fall down the stairs She goes over (laughs) the railing And she plummets down the stairs How she survived this fall I don't know She might have that family trait that Michael has uh, Falling down, getting shot, killed, bounced back She might have that gift too I don't know So Curtis gets up from the fall. She's okay. Escapes the house. What does she do? She does the smart thing. She goes to the neighbor's house. Banging on their door for help. Help me by God. There's a person trying to kill me. She's screaming. She's in trouble. Lights go on in the house. A curtain moves to look to see who's banging on their door. And what did they do? They turn off the light and they go away. They completely ignore some girl screaming at the top of her lungs. Wow. These good Samaritans back in 1978. What the hell was going on in 1978 where your neighbors won't even help you? They're like, uh, either we're way too tired. <laughs> we just don't have time. I got to wake up early tomorrow morning. Hello? Or they don't give a shit. I- Assholes maybe. They could be assholes. They could be all of those things. They could be tired assholes who don't give a shit. Poor Jamie Lee. So since that neighbor wasn't going to help. She doesn't try any other houses. So Jamie Lee Curtis decides to enter the house that she's sitting in. Gets the kids up. Gets their asses out of the house. Hey go for some help. And Michael Myers goes from one house. Where he just killed a bunch of kids. Hopefully going to the next house to kill some more. Well. And he takes his time doing it. Then you get the closet scene. Oh my god this scene is epic. It's beautiful. It's scary. It's, the visuals are phenomenal. Great directing by Mr. Carpenter. Fantastic job. And my second favorite scene in the movie. Is the cl- closet scene. Um, That is just I couldn't even imagine being in that circumstance. And he's trying to get into the closet. You see the knife. And he pierces his head in. It's just ah, eerie. And it should be. It's a horror movie. But it's just. It's well done. She gets away. You know, She thinks that she kills Michael. Uh, a few times. And this guy. She doesn't know yet. But he cannot be killed. So he's laying in the bedroom right outside the closet. She's collecting her thoughts. And he gets up. He sits up. But he does it slowly. And I love this decision. By not only the actor of Michael Myers. uh, But the director John Carpenter. Everything's done in a slow steady motion with Michael Myers. There's no rush. It's just a calculated taking my time approach. To this whole killing spree business. He's got all the time in the world. And it adds to the mystery of Michael Myers. So Michael gets up. And they're fighting again. Face to face. Uh, They're so close to each other. That she rips the mask off. And you get to see Michael Myers' face. and Who is behind the mask. And uh, a nice little tidbit. Is the actor... That gets his mask ripped off. Isn't the actor walking around. In the rest of the film. It's a different actor. Walking around. uh, During the whole film. Up until that point. They wanted somebody that had a certain look. (laughs) And told the actor that was walking around. Through the whole film. We don't want your face. We want somebody else's face. So (laughs) it's. It's. No, that must—that must have been such a like. I don't know. Was he offended by that? Like my face ain't good enough for you? Uh, just my body? He felt so used. <laughs> and uh, I like that seeing who's behind the mask. You only see it for a brief moment, and I like that too. Not, they didn't really uh, set their sights, John Carpenter, on revealing what he looked like. It was a, a flash moment, and then it was gone. But thank God in heaven, Dr. Loomis shows up, shoots Michael. Michael falls off the top balcony onto the ground outside. So finally, he's dead. Finally. And, you know, Lori slash Curtis, okay, is just hysterical dealing with what just happened. Looks at Dr. Loomis and says, is that the boogeyman? And Dr. Loomis says... Yes it is Looks over the railing To look at what he did The dead body And Michael Myers is Gone And so is this show This week Thank you so much for listening Uh, Great movie And if you've never seen Halloween Treat yourself You won't be disappointed It's not a blood and guts movie It's a psychological film It's a stalker film. Um, Great visual. You feel like you're involved. And that's what I like about this film. You're involved. And you're involved right from the start. Uh, The mask works well. The creepiness of seeing him from a distance. Um, Looking over his shoulder sometimes in the film. Where it feels like you're, you're standing right behind Michael Myers. Sort of stalking with him great stuff and from what I understand there is a lot of backstory to Michael Myers he was just a messed up kid obviously and ultimately turns evil and superhuman so there you go I hope you enjoyed this show and a little tidbit is I'm I gotta boast my daughter Madeline is uh going to be in a play. God bless her. She auditioned a few months ago. Uh had her sights set on this one character in the production and she said, "Dad, I'm going to get that." And guess what? She did. I'm so proud of her. Good for her. I'm excited to watch her. I think it's next month at the end of the month. And I ran lines with her a few weeks ago. Um, Folks, I haven't run lines in 20 years. It was wonderful to do. Um, It was wonderful. I ran lines with my daughter. And it was so fun. And I had memories of being on stage, just running lines with people. And reacting moment to moment while doing it. My God, it's been a long time. And there you go. So props to my daughter, Madeline. Wish her luck. And if you ever get a chance and want to see something that I did way back in the day, I found that there is footage of me. It's ridiculous. I know. I found this out not that long ago. It's on Vimeo. It's called Love Hurts. I did it when I was 18 17, 18 years old uh, And it's shitty I mean, it's just horribly done It was some piece of shit show I did In 1995, I think It's called Love Hurts Look it up If you put in Love Hurts, Paul Falstad He was a director and writer of this thing It was done in Kent, Ohio And I went, oh my god God. I mean I did commercials and stuff But that was a long time ago Those commercials are long gone And I lost all the footage I used to have on tape It's all gone God only knows what the hell happened to it I even had audition tapes and Stuff I did at the academy and the playhouse I had on tape too It's all gone I don't know what I do with it. it I've moved like 5 times since then So things get lost It might be upstairs in my attic I doubt it I mean, I think I've looked through all that shit, but yeah, it's weird seeing myself I don't know, it's really weird, uh, but a lot of fun memories I mean, that's the show acting uh because I love it so much, I do miss it, and I am looking to get back into it eventually i i I want to I'd like to do a musical. I don't know how my voice can hold up, <laughs> you know I don't have the same like diaphragm strength I used to have. I don't know if I can even sing like I used to. I have so many issues with my sinuses now that I didn't have back then. and My sound is completely different now. I don't know. I could go in an audition probably and they would be like, uh, you can carry a tune, but you sound like shit. Go get you know your sinuses taken out. You take out your sinuses. I wish I could do that. I don't know. But folks, this is the scoop. We're going to try to be a little bit more consistent with shows in the future. And I hope that happens. Because I like doing the show. It's the motivation. It's the research. It just takes time. And it's so frustrating to me that I put so much time and effort into highlighting an actor. Or highlighting a film. Okay. And they're just not popular. But I do a show on Chris Watts or something of that nature. A documentary or some messed up story. And I get a lot of views on that. So, and I've said this before. The show might be changing. I might go all documentaries. Because folks, that's what gets the views. People don't want to know about, I don't know, Mickey Rourke. I think that he's fascinating. And I just find it interesting that nobody really, they don't care. If they cared, they might get some hits, some looks. They don't want to know. But they want to know about murderers. That's what people want to know about. Why do you think Halloween is a popular time of year? People are intrigued. By the goriness, the creepiness, the darkness. What is that? We're fascinated by it. I am. I'll admit it. I admit it. I am too. My mom was big into it. I mean, I get it from my mom. She was, oh, my mom loves that stuff. So do I. And we're not alone. There are a lot of people out there that are just drawn to the macabre. You can't help it. Uh, trying to figure out what we don't understand. So stay tuned. I don't know what's around the corner. I don't know. And it'll be a surprise for me too, I think. We'll see. I don't know. We're going to see what happens. So if you're still listening, thank you. I appreciate you listening to my show. And if you can, leave comments. Leave reviews There's also a donate button on my show The website Theactorsroom.lipson.com Go on there Give me a dollar Five dollars It shows hey He puts in a lot of time and effort to do this I'll throw him a few bucks You can go buy a candy bar You know (laughs) Go buy some chips out of the vending machine It's on me Thank you Appreciate it. (laughs) I get a lot of hate sometimes, folks, on my show. People throwing comments at me like, wow, you're so brave throwing all these hateful comments to me. I find it hilarious. (laughs) Like, they know me. These people have no idea what makes me tick. They think they do. It's great. It's great. The internet, it's fascinating. People are so brave. Behind their computers. Aren't they? (laughs) It's so fascinating to me. How things have changed. Really. I mean. It's just incredible. Stay safe. Stay sane. I love you. Thank you again. God bless. Have a good one.